Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks for listening here on the Monday episode of Locked On 49ers. Got a few uh, tidbits to talk about, some news over the weekend and on Friday after I recorded Friday's show uh, that I'd like to get into. And I have some audio, a couple of interviews actually on the Rich Eisen show. Kyle Shanahan and Pierre Garçon were both on that show. Uh, so I've got a couple of clips for that. And, and you know, I want to talk a little bit more about Pierre Garçon because I think he, I haven't really covered him enough. And he was probably the biggest offseason signing for the for the 49ers and, and someone who's going to probably make a pretty big impact on this team, most likely be the leading receiver and probably, you know, a player that's talented enough. He would have been the leading receiver of the last couple of seasons for the 49ers since Anquan Bolden left. Looking for Pierre Garçon to be a leader for this team coming up and got a clip from the Rich Eisen show and want to talk a little bit about his stats and what kind of player the 49ers might have in Pierre Garçon. Also, news that Rand Carthon is now the new director of pro personnel for the 49ers. So we'll get into that stuff as well. And I actually have some audio of Rand talking about what his job actually is. Before we get to all that, I do want to thank everybody who has rated and reviewed the show on iTunes. As always, subscribe to the show and rate and review. It always helps. We're streaming on Audio Boom. We're on a bunch of other podcast delivery platforms. You can go to LockedOn49ers.com, find the stream there and uh, links to anything you need to get subscribed and and hear the show. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Uh, someone was asking me about a LockedOn49ers page on Facebook, and I don't have one because I avoid Facebook like the plague. And I do all my social media on Twitter because, you know, it's an odd place, but you avoid a lot of the stuff that it just is drowned out on Facebook. I just, I, I can't stand logging into Facebook, but I do need to get a Facebook page that's for the show and, you know, and, and reach out to more people over there. And so keep a conversation going there as well. But right now, Twitter is the place to find me at BD Peacock. You can also email the show locked on 49ers at Gmail. And yes, I will have a Facebook page coming up soon here. For Locked On 49ers, because, you know, it's, it's just something you got to do. If you know somebody who might enjoy the show, please let them know. Spread the word. We want to get this show going and keep it growing as we head into the 2017 season. And, of course, if you would like to be a sponsor to the show, hit me up at LockedOn49ers at gmail.com and we'll get that going. So we do have some news items to talk about today, and then we're going to get into some NFC West draft reviews and breakdowns and, and look at how these new rosters of the 49ers' main competitors are facing the Rams and Cardinals and Seahawks twice a year. So we're going to get to know them a little bit better and see how, after the draft, we get to know our rivals a little bit better. Let's start today, though, with the news. John Lynch announced Friday that Rand Carthen will be the 49ers' new director of pro personnel. His statement was, quote, we want to welcome Rand Carthon and his family to the 49ers. Rand has a clear vision for how he plans to run our pro personnel department and was excited about the opportunity to blend his approach with ours 
Having previously directed his own pro department, we expect Rand to hit the ground running. I don't know if that was an intentional pun there from John Lynch, but uh, I don't know if he would put out a statement without realizing what he did there. But uh, yeah, uh, we expect Rand to hit the ground running and help us build the strongest roster possible. Okay, Rand Carthon. He's been around for a while. He's worked in some front offices, former player, and he has held the job of director of pro personnel as well as working you know, as a scout and working his way up through some scouting departments in the NFL. Last with the Los Angeles Rams as the same job, director of pro personnel. And it's interesting because Carthon was on the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah recently before he was hired by the 49ers. And he talked about that position and what he did as director of pro personnel. So let's let him tell us about what that position entails. Let me see. Let me give you the the shortened version. So uh, in charge of the day-to-day maintenance of the roster, um, that basically means uh, if a guy gets cut, we have to watch that guy, know who he is, and, you know, see what his fit is for our club. We did uh, free agency, you know, the uh, unrestricted free agents, uh, as well as the uh, week-to-week scouting reports for our upcoming opponents for the coaching staff. So, yeah, the director of pro personnel is responsible for the pro side uh, of the scouting department. You know, you're looking at other teams' rosters, you're looking at your own roster, and like he said, if someone gets cut from another team, you know, even if it's the last guy on the practice squad or, you know, the 53rd man on the roster, you have to know who that player is because maybe he's better than your first 53rd man. And so really got to know the league. And, you know, there's college director, pro director. So you have a scouting department for the pro side, you have a scouting department for the college side, and then you try to get them together and and have them figure out how to make your roster better through the draft and through free agency and all of that stuff. But the, the pro personnel director, he's in charge of the pro stuff. He's looking at other teams, looking at his own roster, helping out with the college stuff, I'm sure, as well. And, of course, helping the team in free agency every offseason. Uh, he mentioned there about doing advanced scouting reports. So that's when you're scouting the teams you're about to be playing. So let's let him uh, talk about what an advanced scouting report is like. And it really varies from coaching staff to coaching staff. Some coaching staffs want very minimal. Some want all the information you can give them. But in a sense, we break down the uh, 53 players on the roster, do a full evaluation, uh, strengths and weaknesses of each phase, uh, offense, defense, special teams, players to watch, which are the key players, the players that you got a game plan around, players to attack, you know, guys that we're going to go after. And then we even break it down and go a step further. Uh, Myself and Ray Agnew, who's still with the uh, Los Angeles Rams, uh, we would watch TV copies of games and see if we could pick up on any little signals, hand signals, whatever we can find that'll help the coaching staff. So, Rand, welcome to the 49ers. You guys should head over to Move the Sticks and uh, find that podcast hosted by Daniel Jeremiah. Bucky Brooks is involved with the Move the Sticks podcast as well. Lots of great scouting stuff for a draft geek like me. I love that podcast. Definitely worth a subscription there. But if you just want to hear that episode and hear more from Rand and our new Director of Pro Personnel for the 49ers. It was a few episodes ago over at Move the Sticks, so go check that out. We got some more audio. Kyle Shanahan was uh, nice enough to join the Rich Eisen show on Friday, and he had some interesting things to say and told the story about how things went behind the scenes with John Lynch and how that whole thing came together while he was in the playoffs and, and having that conversation with John Lynch, the first conversation to actually making the whole thing happen and Shanahan getting hired and then John Lynch being the GM. John Lynch just said he'd be interested in trying to be a general manager. And she's like, what do you think about that? I'm like, I'm not totally sure. It kind of threw me off, but hmm. my feeling right now is that's the best thing I've heard. Uh, I'm completely excited. I got to get ready for this game. But after the Green Bay game, Sunday night, let's think about that more. And I'm going to give him a call and talk some more about it. But 
it kind of shocked me because it came out of nowhere. But um, within a few minutes, it was, you know, I was kind of stressed going through the whole process, trying to get ready for a playoff game and all that, and not really spending much time thinking about the Niners and how that was going to pan out. And then when John told me that, it was took a lot of stress off me. I was like, man, that's a, that's a hell of a deal. See, that's wild to me because Shanahan, and, and he's looking at people from other personnel departments, and I'm sure he has relationships with a lot of people in the league that are doing those jobs. But how much respect do you have to have for John Lynch where someone who comes out of the announcer's booth, obviously his great career as a player, but he was an announcer and he's never worked in a scouting department at all, never worked in a personnel department, and especially as a GM. And to just get a phone call and say, hey, Kyle, you know, I'd, I'd kind of be interested in becoming a GM and have the person you're calling, like Kyle Shanahan, who's about to become a head coach in the NFL, be so super excited that one phone call from you just trumps everything else from from all the other candidates that were involved. That's that's kind of wild to me. And so that shows you the amount of respect that, that Kyle Shanahan had for John Lynch and, and that the kind of respect that John Lynch probably has around the league. And now that we've seen him in action, you can really see why, because he's obviously a smart guy. And he's a hell of a hard-working guy as well, so he's not going to fail because he's not working hard at his job, you know. So um, very interesting, and I love what I heard from John Lynch after the draft, where he's talking about how he just wanted to compete, and it's a way for him to compete and and have a have a say in the scoreboard. He's still keeping score and that competitiveness, and that's pretty awesome from John Lynch. And, and so far, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch has been a pretty good marriage, you know. Still in the honeymoon phase, so we'll see how that goes, but. Still surprises me, though, that John Lynch can just walk in and have no experience and say, hey, you know, I kind of would like to do this GM thing. And everyone just kind of drops everything and says, yeah, OK, please come do that job here. All right. One more clip from the Rich Eisen show with Kyle Shanahan. He talks about the first round quarterbacks in 2017 and, and how he felt about those guys. You know, all the top guys who went early, you know, they all you could see why they all had the ability and they all have a great chance to be very successful in this league. But. I didn't think anyone was just a slam dunk ready to put in and um, play right away. And to be honest with you, rarely do you go through a year where there are guys like that. So it's it's a real tough position. It's not, you know, there's, if you, I think you look at everyone in the league and, you know, there's probably about 10 to, 10 to 12 guys that are guys that aren't, or that franchises aren't really trying to replace. And if there's only 10 to 12 guys, you know, that doesn't mean that a franchise guy's coming out every year. And there's always a chance of one, but it's always a gamble. Um, I thought a lot, all the guys had ability, but um, no one's the same dunk. It's, it takes a lot of work and a lot of talent. you got to make sure you put the right people around them also. The first thing that jumps to mind when I heard that quote, I know he's talking about the first-round quarterbacks in the draft in 2017, but, and of course none of them are ready to come in and start. There, I, There's hardly ever a quarterback that's available to come in in the draft and start day one, week one, that just doesn't really happen very often. There's not very many Andrew Lux and and John Elways that, I mean, that just doesn't happen very often. And most guys, you look around the league, they had some development time. It just happens that way. And when guys are thrust in and not ready, uh, it really hurts them. And and, and guys, I'm sure there's quarterbacks out there that could have become good NFL quarterbacks that just got ruined because they got thrown in there when they weren't ready. And almost none of these guys are ready, especially now with the style of offenses they're playing in college and the spread stuff that might not translate as well. It's just, it never happens. So to expect that ever is, is, you know, you can draft a guy first overall and not expect him to walk in and play week one because it's just, there's not that many of those players out there. And just like he said, you know, there's not that many guys 
that end up being good even when they're in the NFL and, and available to start early in their career. When, when I hear him saying that and talking about how, you know, there's not that many top 12 quarterbacks in the league, that immediately makes me think of Kirk Cousins. And it, it, what sucks is for 49ers fans and, and for everybody, whether it's national media or, or 49ers fans or probably Washington fans as well, is that any time you hear Kyle Shanahan talk about a quarterback, it's going to be in the back of your mind until either Cousins signs somewhere else or signs a long-term deal with Washington or this whole you know season comes around and the next offseason comes and, and whatever happens, happens. Until then, it's always going to come back to that. And I hear him talk about that, and I think, wow, okay, you drafted a quarterback that, you know, I— might be a backup, career backup, might be someone who becomes a, a Kirk Cousins type of player and ends up developing into a, a starting quarterback. Probably not going to happen in 2017, but you know, you never know. might not even happen in 2018. It usually does take a while for quarterbacks. But the Kirk Cousins thing, if you think Kirk Cousins is a top 12 quarterback, a top 10 quarterback in the league, and from all reports and, and the way that we've heard Kyle Shanahan talk about Cousins, he might believe that. And if that's the case, you're going to do everything you can. And you just heard him talk about it. He's going to go after him. And I don't, it's going to be an interesting year. And it's almost, it's almost a bummer that that's going to be a cloud over the season and over the quarterback position for the entire year, because you can't sort of relax and just enjoy what this is and look at the three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks on the 49ers roster right now and see what you have, because you always have that thing where you're like, Ooh, let's compare this now to Kirk cousins, because that's still, a question mark and it's still out there. So, and it's always going to be that way until probably this time next year. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Kirk Cousins. It, it, and I don't know how good I even think Kirk Cousins is. And the more I think about it, it's almost the less I know. So, um, and when it comes to those first round quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan was just talking about, and there's been reports like CJ Beathard was the only quarterback on their draft board entirely. And I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, I don't think. Uh, he was the top quarterback on their board necessarily if, if you were ranking him one, two, three, four, five. But what I think is he was just the guy where he knew he could probably get him in a certain range, third or fourth round area, a player who he liked, thought was tough, thought he had some traits that he could work with, liked how he worked in a pro-style offense in college, so he was one of his guys that he liked. But, you know, that's not to say he was the number one on their board. And I'm pretty sure, I don't remember if it was the Peter King MMQB piece now, or and I think it was that, that, um, or maybe it was just in the press conference. The, the way I understand it is that Mitch Trubisky was actually the number one quarterback on the 49ers board, but they were just not going to take a quarterback that high. And and they pretty much knew they weren't going to get one of the top quarterbacks because obviously they had a plan and they liked some other defensive players better. And, you know, who knows how it would have gone in the top of the second round if things would have gone differently about how the board fell. But the way I understand it and the way it's kind of been reported is that C.J. Beathard was the only quarterback on his board, and I just don't think that's the case. Uh, it would be interesting to talk to Peter King or to find out what exactly that draft board looked like and see how it stacked up and how high Beathard actually was. But I'd see, I'd be surprised if Beathard was actually one of the top two or three even quarterbacks on their board. I think it's more of a situation where they knew what range they could get him in that made him preferable to drafting a quarterback at number two or number three or whatever. Also on the Rich Eisen show, which everybody should go check out. I mean, the Rich Eisen show is just good. And, you know, there's a podcast of it and, you know, there's the TV version of it. You can uh, you can watch it on YouTube or whatever. Always a great show. Rich Eisen's awesome. Uh, but it was cool. He had a couple 49ers. We had the coach, Kyle Shanahan, obviously on Friday. He also had Pierre Garçon. Uh, Shanahan was on the phone. Pierre Garçon was actually in studio. And so that was a pretty cool conversation. Definitely go check that stuff out. Also go subscribe to Move the Sticks podcast. I can't recommend that one enough. 
especially if you're a fan of the draft and you geek out on, you know, college football, the transition from college to pro football, which I love. That's what I love about the draft. And that's the only reason I watch college football is because of how players translate to the pros. I don't have a college team. My college didn't have a football team, so I don't have like, you know, that's another thing. Hit me up on Twitter. I want to ask this question. And I'm always blown away by people who have, but you know, it's people are like super into a college team. They're like, yes, I, and I, they root for a college that they didn't go to. I find that kind of weird. Not that it's wrong. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. But then again, I didn't play, you know, for the 49ers. You know, when I was a kid, I dreamed of growing up and playing center field for the San Francisco Giants. And I rooted for the Giants my whole life. I didn't play for the Giants. So I guess, you know, it makes sense. You're just rooting for a team. Uh, But I I don't know. I always find it a little bit more weird with the college game and, and college teams and how people root for certain colleges that they didn't go to. I don't know. I don't know why I find that weird. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know if you feel the same or if you think I'm crazy. But anyways, uh, back to, yeah, Pierre Garçon. So uh, the the funnest part of that interview is Rich Eisen talked about Pierre Garçon's trash talk ability and uh, and Pierre broke it down. The trash talk is not taken personally, but it has to, like, when I'm out there on the field, I have a a standard to uphold for my teammates, Mm -hmm. my players, my Division III buddies. Because if you go Mm -hmm. soft or you let something happen to you out there on the field, Everybody's going to remind you of it. But if you go hard, mm-hmm. your teammates are going to respect it. Everybody's going, all right, yeah, I want to be like that because he's going hard no matter what. There's a lot of four-letter words that oh my <laughs> gosh. Wow. always decline to get mic'd up. But, but personal lives are out of bounds. That's your unwritten rule? Yeah, yeah. Personal, like, we don't, kind of it, it doesn't go off the field. It, but okay. if, you know, some guys don't okay. know when to cut it off, but, you know, it, I don't take it off the field. On the field, you know, we're – we're working at something, but off the field, it's a congratulations, you guys. Okay, so you, you can well. you can leave it there. Yeah, I can leave saying. it on the field. I think fans are going to really like Pierre Garcon. One of the questions actually he asked him about was if he would do the mic'd up, and Pierre was like, "Yeah, no, I don't do mic'd up because I don't want people to hear that because it's intense." So uh, that's always awesome when a, a guy is a good guy off the field, uh, but brings that intensity and is that just monster on the field. Pierre Garçon, I haven't talked a lot about him, so I want to get a little bit into what kind of a player he is. And uh, one of the parts of that interview, definitely go check out that Rich Eisen show interview with Pierre Garçon. Talks about his development and how he went to a D3 school and then transferred to another D3 school in uh, D3 powerhouse Mount Union. Then ended up getting invited to the Combine and it all snowballed and ended up being a sixth round pick to the Colts in 2008. But I don't know if he really blew up the combine, but man, his numbers stick out just really good across the board. Six feet, 210 pounds. He ran 448 at the combine, a really good three cone numbers. He was under seven. He was 690, a three cone drill, a 36 and a half inch vertical, also while throwing up 20 bench press reps. So across the board, athletic, straight line speed, good size, strength, can leap. Uh, he really brings the full package as an athlete to the position, so you can see why he's been able to develop even from the D3 level up to the pros and you know, got to work with Peyton Manning as a young player with the Colts and then obviously moved on to Washington, did great things, and now he's going to be probably the number one wide receiver for the 49ers in 2017 and you know, getting up there as a 10-year veteran now. So I don't know how much he has left in the tank, how much of that 4.48 speed he has. But if you're just looking at grades, he's coming off his best season as a pro in 2016. Uh, he was the eighth-ranked wide receiver at PFF with an 85.8 overall grade for the 2016 season. So he's he's just he's like Zach of fine wine, and really his career arc is just getting better and better and better and better. 
He was actually the second highest ranked offensive player for Washington last year, actually even ahead of Kirk Cousins. The only guy better was offensive tackle Trent Williams, who's you know well known as one of the best offensive linemen in the league and has been for a little while. But he's a tough player. Uh, he's got good size. He can get down the field. He can catch and run. Uh, he'll block you as well. He plays tough on the field. And I love, I think I brought this up when, when Pierre Garçon first signed with the 49ers. One of my friends who's a Cowboys fan, he's like, oh, I hate that guy. He's dirty. Hey, I don't like I don't like Pierre Garçon, which made me love him. First of all, because it was Cowboys. The Cowboys fans hate him. I love him already. Uh, but if he's that player that the opposing teams hate to play against, that's awesome for me. So uh, I'm expecting a lot out of Pierre Garçon. I'm expecting him to uh, to be the guy, really, at wide receiver. And him and hopefully him and Brian Hoyer are able to, to make that connection. And we can see something similar to what we saw in Washington last year with Cousins and Pierre Garçon. You know, one of the biggest things with Pierre Garçon, just looking at his numbers, he hasn't missed a game in four years. And uh, before that, he missed six games in 2012. It's the last time he's missed a game. And then before that, you know, 16, 14, 14, 14 games played. So he's not a guy that gets hurt a lot physically. He's a he's a pretty beastly guy. And actually on that Rich Eisen show, Kyle Shanahan had a message for Pierre that said, hey, hey, you need to stretch and, and get flexible. You're, you're getting too swole. That was really funny. So in 2016, from a pure stats perspective, his second best season in the pros, he did have one year in 2013 where he caught 113 balls and had 1,346 yards receiving. Last year, 79 receptions surpassed the 1,000-yard mark, 1,041 yards. But like I said, had the highest grades of his career, even better than 2013, according to PFF, in 2016. Oh, and before I go, I want to get to the mailbag real quick. I had a couple of people asking me this week about the theme music for Locked On 49ers. An email from Sean, a tweet from at 49er fam. There's a tweet from somebody else last week as well asking about the intro music. And the band is called Hot Snakes. The song is called This Mystic Decade. It's off of the 2004 album Audit in Progress. And the Hot Snakes is the band that is related to one of my favorite bands of all time, Drive Like Jehu, and actually Rick Froberg and John Reese. The two main guys, Rich Froberg is the singer and guitar player, John Reese, the other guitar player. They were both in Drive Like Jehu, which was a 90s sort of post-punk band, a little bit more raw than the Hot Snakes. But both guys are also in the Hot Snakes, and both guys have done other things also in their music career. John Reese was also in a band called Rocket from the Crypt. But if you like rock and roll and like uh, some underground stuff, go check out Drive Like Jehu. So I guess I'll just let the Hot Snakes play you out. I'll let it go a little bit longer this time in the outro. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to start getting into these NFC West team reviews and look at how the draft went for these teams and see how uh, the rosters of our rivals are looking now going into the 2017 season. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to all the people who have rated and reviewed the show on iTunes. Please subscribe to the show. Rating reviews always helps. If you know somebody who might like the show, let them know about it. Spread the word. And, yes, I'll try to get a, a Facebook page set up here pretty soon here, so we'll have all the episodes up there as well and, and have more conversation going as well on Facebook, although I might not be around on Facebook all that often. <laughs> I just got to be honest with you up front. Uh, more of a Twitter guy myself, so. Follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Email the show LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow on Locked On 49ers.
Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17